powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. If you can believe it, Craig Anderson just lost to the Sens. I can't. I can't believe. can't believe it. I can't yeah. believe it happened. It, I, the, the, the Sens beat Craig Anderson. Wow. Anyway, hey folks. We, we did beat him last time, but uh, he didn't start. Was a thing, so I'm not sure yeah. if he actually got credited with a loss in that one. That's a good question. But yeah, the Sens actually beat a former goalie, which they couldn't manage to do last night. Yeah that that was that was a painful one. That was <laughs> let's let's see let's see if we can go the rest of this episode and 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 forget that Red Wings game ever happened. Try not to mention it ever again. Yeah, this don't is speak of that one. Yeah, this is the only game that's happened uh since the Caps win. There we go. We're going to we're going to mm-hmm. well, back-to-back right. wins for the Sens. Wow, off yeah, to a great wow. start after Christmas. Wow. <laughs> uh hello everybody. Welcome to Game Over Ottawa. Um you have both hosts tonight. To two host night. <sighs> I'm just relieved. I'm just. Re- I'm sorry. I'm just relieved at this point. Honestly, yeah. that was just. It was a, God, it was a that close game tonight. But that was I, so stressful. I feel like the Sens. I feel like the Sens played pretty well overall. Eh. For sure. And like, how fun is it that Sens Sabers games are going to be fun and stressful again? Honestly. Yeah, it's been a long time since the Sens and Sabers game actually meant something. And I mean, we're not quite there yet, but they're at least near each other in the standings and sort of. Try, both trying yeah. to move up, so so we're getting there. Similar projection to when like they'll both be at you know eventually hopefully for both contenders. So mm-hmm. it's good. It's really good timing on that. Um, how uh, how's everyone doing this evening? In the chat here, with this win, the Sens equal the same amount of wins from games twenty one through forty as they had last season. Oh wow! There's still there's still. A few... That's three more games. This is what game thirty-seven, I believe. Mm, I want to say that many already. Maybe I lost count. Maybe I thought it was less. We'll, we'll double check. I want to say it's thirty-seven. Yeah, it was. It was thirty-seven. Mm. So three more to go. Hopefully, we can just uh, win all three of those. That would be. Oh, could you imagine? That'd be so so then, nice. Then we would really be getting our hopes up, eh? That's a problem. I keep every single game. Every single game, get my hopes up. Strong first five minutes. Oh, okay, I'll get my hopes up. <laughs> this is awful. Uh, so I, I think I think we got to talk about the legend, the 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 very very Italian man, our boy Jake. Not the Jake Sanderson. We have a number two Jake now. Who watch out, Sanderson? He's coming. He's coming for you. Our boy Luch. Um Luch. First NHL goal, and I believe he's what twenty-seven now in game number five of his career, I want to say. Yeah. What a great, great story. Mm-hmm. I have to say, uh, he's a guy that when he got called up, uh, I, I heard a lot of people saying, I have literally no idea who this guy is. And until last year when he joined Belleville, I didn't know either. He's a very under the radar player for sure. Yeah, I think I feel like every time we talk about him, you gotta throw up the some hand gestures. <laughs> the most Italian name ever. Yeah, and he put up great numbers with Belleville as well. About mm-hmm. a point per game through twenty five ish games, I believe. And so, even his production last year was super unexpected. Like just looking at it now, 
51 points in 72 uh, games, which I think led the team. But if you look before that, his previous AHL seasons, he's kind of bouncing around between a couple teams, Wilkes-Barre and Laval, and never really uh, producing too much. Maybe he wasn't getting as much ice time or opportunity on those teams, but it seems like uh, whoever decided to sign him, they or whoever scouted Lucini, they might have found a, a gem, at least at the AHL level, and, and maybe he can uh, carve out a role in the Sens' bottom six. I've been impressed with him. I don't know about you, but great mm-hmm. speed. I kind of like him more than a bunch of guys I've been playing on the fourth line. Honestly, just maybe maybe that's just, you know, he gets called up finally, so he's, he's, he's playing his absolute heart out, trying to keep an AHL job for the first time in his career, but I've been really, really impressed by him, even without, you know, even if you, not including just the first four games of the season where he's he's great speed, he's always involved, seems fairly responsible defensively, which is, the you know, the least that you can ask for given some defensive woes in, in the sense depth at forward at, at the very least. So I'm perfectly happy with, with him holding on to a spot. Now the question is, he's obviously called up because of injuries with the Sens, um, so when guys like Mott and Joseph come back, who are you, if any, if you're in the position, who are you sending down, do you think? Hmm. It, I'm glad you mentioned those two guys, because while that's created the opportunity for Lucini, and like you said, he's kind of refreshing to see in the bottom six, you know, with a bit more speed and skill than the other guys we've been playing there lately, uh, the injuries of those two guys, like, Joseph and Mott are probably the fastest in our bottom six, and Mm. Joseph is definitely the most skilled guy. Maybe Mott is even number two, but it's not a super high bar to clear. So, yeah, that's a really interesting question in terms of would you, who would you send down? Like, I'm pretty sure everyone in the bottom six is waivers eligible, right? Yeah, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any two way contracts. No one's exempt yet. So, uh, I think it maybe it depends on how long of a run Lucini gets in the lineup. Like if Joseph and and Ma are still out for like another couple weeks, Lucini establishes himself even more. I could see him staying in the lineup. Um, Like maybe someone like Gambrell gets waived or something like that. Uh, But I don't know. But then I think it would be a tough decision if say Joseph or Ma was ready to come back, say next game. Like that would be a really tough decision because you don't want to place this guy on waivers right after he scored his first goal and he's been pretty good in in all the games so far. So that, that's yeah. going to be a tough decision coming up. Like, is there any way you lean towards? Because I'm not sure really. I don't think there's a right answer. I've been I've kind of liked Gambrell over the last few games, honestly. Yeah, um, he hasn't been bad. I think Kelly's improved over the last few games at the very least. Mm-hmm. Like you know, not necessarily scoring a whole bunch, but you know, seemingly more involved at least. Um, like even even. Tonight's game, uh, Kelly, four shots and five hits. Like that's, I'm happy with that on the fourth line, yeah, honestly. That's what you want. So I'm kind of leaning towards Kastelik, even though he got the, but then he got oh, the extension, you know what? Maybe right? He, so, would he go through waivers? He might actually be exempt. He's oh, is he on a two way this year? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I have the cap. I have the cap yeah, ready open, so I'll find so, it. I'll find it. All right, and while uh, and while Mod's looking for that, we're gonna do a quick word here from our lovely friends over at sports interaction think you know what way it's going to go make your bet with sports interaction whether it's hockey football or basketball sports interaction has you covered bet pregame live and play or on one of our many prop bets sports interaction makes it easy to deposit play and cash out join now and see all sports betting has to offer want to bet head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn that's sportsinteraction.com sdpn 19 plus 
please play responsibly. So Kostelik is actually a couple of years older than I thought, but he is on the last year of his ELC. And then it goes into the uh, two years, 835,000. So I don't know how that works when you have an extension. Like uh, on an ELC, yeah. you definitely don't need to go through waivers. But then if you have an extension coming up, I don't know if that affects it. It, set, it does have the little waivers exempt icon on cap friendly. So I think they could send him down. The only thing is he's so good at face-offs, so I don't know if they would want to uh, to lose that element. Yeah, and it I mean, it's never a good look sending down someone that you just signed to an extension as well. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's the thing, too. Like, you know, maybe looking back, maybe that's kind of an odd choice, extending a fourth liner for two years. Granted, he is young, um, and there's room to grow, but, you know, being like, well, this guy on the fourth line's had a great first six games of the season. Let's give him two <laughs> years. It kind of felt like, I don't, I don't know if, um, I think it was Borowiecki who played like 30 games and signed like a three-year extension or something like that. I'm pretty sure it was Boro who had a sort of a similar situation with, with this contract. And I mean, that worked out pretty all right, but still kind of an odd, odd it, it's a bad, it's, it's bad luck if, if, if the one guy you have that you can send down isn't on waivers, is someone you just extended, not the best luck. So, mm-hmm. This is a funny conversation, actually, because everyone was talking about, I think us included, the Sens' biggest weakness up front is the fact that there's no depth outside of the top six, more or less. Yep. And now it's an issue of, I don't want to send anyone down when Mott and Joseph are back. So, Yeah, like, I, I did I did player grades on my last stream, and the lowest-rated forwards I had were Kelly and Watson, uh, both at a D rating, but I don't think I would send either of them down. Well... Here's the thing. You know what? In reality, I would cut Watson, but I don't think the team will do that. There's no yeah. way. I, I can't yeah. see ma- this management doing that. I think uh, he's too important to the locker room right now. So I, I think Watson's spot is safe. And I do think Parker Kelly has played much better lately. And I actually wanted to point out, because I was looking at natural stat trick uh, right before we started stream, the line of Kelly, Gambrell, and Lucini tonight at nine and a half minutes time on ice at uh, five on five. They had a 73.3 Corsi percentage. The what? Corsi yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. Oh, all right. 11 Corsi four and four Corsi against. So that's, I think they're going to want to keep that line together for, for a little bit here. And a lot wow. of people were commenting that that line has been pretty good lately, like in the previous games too. And then the numbers just prove it right there. That's, that's nuts. That's mm-hmm. wow. Holy. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I guess, With, I guess just ride that line as long as you yeah. can until one of Mott or Joseph are back. And then maybe you have to move things around, but yeah, run with that. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even mind keeping that as like a fourth line. Yeah, that's wow. So if that's if that's the fourth line, then you bring Mott. Okay, so in a perfect world, oh. we're, we're going way off topic here. Sorry. <laughs> in a perfect world, Mott and Joseph come back. Norris is close. I was gonna say Norris in a few weeks. Maybe. So then you have a third line, maybe of Pinto, Mott, Joseph. Yeah, back to what we started with. And then you have that fourth line. Mm-hmm. And oh, then Watson as an extra. And then we yeah, have Watson as a and 13th, then you, and then Kostelik. Watson and Kostelik are the are the guys out at yeah. that point. And then if you need some sandpaper, throw one of them in for mm-hmm. a game. Okay, I you know I I don't hate it. Like that sand that feels deep. 
That feels, yeah. It feels it feels fairly deep. Um, I I do have to admit it is very weird to be having this conversation though. Like you said, after everyone has been complaining about the depth for a while, so I really hope that Lucini can keep it up and stick around. It's a great find for the Sens if if he turns out to be an everyday NHLer for for the season. Mm -hmm. That'd be really really nice. Um, from the chat here, um, let's see. Uh, the Sens have a minus four goal differential versus minus fourteen for the Canucks, and that's true, right? Right. So the Sens and Canucks leading into this game, the Sens and the, and the Canucks had the exact same record. Mm -hmm. With we're ahead now. Yes, that's right. That's right. And we're I, not the worst Canadian team. Yeah, and I I think I saw it was in the SDPN Discord. Someone had posted the um. Uh, some stats for the Sens, and I believe it was something along the. I mean, let me, you know, let me double check this. I want to be able to make sure I get this right because it was something absurd. It was something like the Sens were uh, 29th in five v five goals for, and and expected they were 11th. Yeah, I remember that expected goals for being really high up there early in the season. So. Uh, but I didn't know the actual goals for was that much lower at this point. Here still. we go. Yeah, goals for the Sens are 29th and expected goals for their 11th. So my God, that oh, and then I mean the defense isn't great, but goals against is 24th and expected goals against is 18th. So mm -hmm. you know on both ends there, like it should be better. And I mean special teams are still great. Power play is sixth, PK tenth. I, I got zero complaints there. But yeah, the the offense, yeah, is still and Kachuk gets another couple posts as well, just to stack some more <laughs> expected goals tonight. for him. Yeah, just, oh poor guy. But I'm starting to feel almost as bad for him as I do for Debrinket with with his missed opportunities. Yeah, it, it's been quite a while for him scoring right now. Eh? Like I think he's in a little bit of a goal drought. Yeah, one goal in the last 13 games. Now I actually talked about this oh. last. Yeah, last I talked about this last show where. I think anyone can go through a goal drought like that, but I was mentioning how he had that breakaway where he passed. He had the puck on at least one of the three-on-ones where he passed. That doesn't sound like Brady Kachuk, especially, I mean, especially the breakaway. Mm -hmm. So I don't like speculating on injuries, um, but what do you think? Like he might be hurting. So like maybe he has a hand injury, wrist injury, finger injury. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't feel super confident in the shot, which is strange because he's been shooting quite a bit. Like in that drought of just the one goal in 13 games, most games he's still shooting between three and five shots a game. Mm -hmm. But maybe like what I said was like, maybe he's just taking those shots when he's like, okay, I can't pass. I have to take the shot. Maybe, maybe he just sees anyone else on the ice as a better option than him right now, if that's the case. I Like I said, I don't like speculating about injuries and stuff like that, but like, how how have you thought he's been the last little while through this, this goal drought? Yeah, it's definitely hard to speculate on injuries, but I definitely did notice tonight as well that he was kind of passing up on some opportunities. There was some some plays where like I think he could have got in on goal if he just kept going, but he would circle back and try to yeah. find Stutzler or Giroux. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's a physical thing or a mental thing. I, I kind of lean towards maybe just his line mates are so good and he's having so much fun playing with them. I think they're kind of going for some of the uh, the flashy plays and trying to do yeah. some really nice passing plays. I think it might be a little bit of that, a little bit of the, the mentality. 
where maybe like the line that line has been together probably for like 15 to 20 games now and they've had a ton of success it might be a little bit of complacency in terms of like oh we can just try whatever and we're we're gonna do well i don't know i mean that's true the line rules it's so good it's Mm -hmm. a phenomenal line um but yeah i don't know something something feels kind of off and maybe that's just us noticing him not being as dominant as he was to start the season i don't know maybe maybe it is just you know a a drought where he's still scoring like you know he's still getting he's still getting assists he's still making plays but just hasn't been quite as dominant as as he was to start out the season since we were talking about that line i can't believe we haven't even uh mentioned stutzler yet tonight what a beast eh just the nicest squarest headed boy in the game like just <laughs> what a good dude. little german boy yeah he's just god he i mean we all knew the potential i don't know if any of us thought he'd be this special three seasons in honestly like, i don't i wouldn't have expected it this soon especially if you remember at the beginning of last season i think he went 15 games or something before he scored his first goal and it's not like he was necessarily playing yeah. bad during that. He was pretty snake bitten, but uh, like he had some struggles last year, and we have not yeah. seen much of that at all this year. Where even if he's not playing the best, he's still putting up points. Yeah, it was a really slow start, but then he was on fire that that second half of of last year, and I and he's just continued. I, I would love to know. I mean, he's. I mean, he was about a point per game second half of last year. So you put that together, close to a full season of about a point per game play for him at this point like Mm -hmm. just i got i got very very few complaints about him like if any like i saw i saw um i think it was uh biata on twitter who was like quoting an old tweet of hers where she said uh still for selkie i'm not joking and then (laughs) retweeted it worth thinking about at some point yeah campaign maybe i don't know Hamza actually just said in the chat future Selkie winner question yeah. mark like I I don't know like I don't know if I would go there yet but I did want to bring up how he's been actually really good in terms of a two-way center like and he is playing so many minutes he played 21 minutes and 21 seconds tonight like as a wow. forward that's a lot and just totally shouldering the load without uh without Norris is just just ridiculous and the main thing I wanted to bring up with him tonight was his usage on the penalty kill lately. I love that oh, because a lot of the time... He looks so good. Yeah, a lot of the time so it's just your bottom six guys out there on the penalty kill, yeah. but uh, being able to have a top guy just committed to offense and defense like that and being able to excel in all situations, including the penalty kill, that's just awesome. It's, and it's, you wouldn't expect yeah. it from a 21-year-old center. I, I honestly, like, I feel like anyone who is drafted in the top three entirely based on offensive tools. Like you would never expect that guy to be playing on the PK. So when he is and doing it so well, like it, it's, it's the word is silly. I think the fact that it works, like I <laughs> yeah. can't believe that, that that actually works. Um, which it's is like, great because yeah. the, the PK could, I mean, the PK has been solid overall, but I, I don't know if, especially with, with both, with Mott and Joseph out, like they've kind of been scrambling to find replacements. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he yeah. just stays there when they're back. 
This is this it might this, be because I think he's really good on the penalty kill. I, I like that. Similarly to Joseph, he brings that speed element of yeah. uh, being able to create turnovers. Like he almost had a breakaway on the, on the five on three. That's true. Yeah. Um, okay. So speaking of penalties, I wanted to ask you what you thought of those three penalties the Sens took. Because I know I saw a few people on Twitter saying that some of them were maybe questionable. Like the ref should have let something go. What, what, what do you think? overall because hmm. it was what two so, trips in a hook i think if i'm looking because i believe yeah it was three yeah yeah so the nick holden trip if i remember correctly that was uh the sabers forward uh kind of coming out of the corner yeah. to the front of the net and I, rem- yeah. I remember seeing the stick clearly on the skate there yeah the uh and then you had the second one was when dalene just flew past everyone right and got taken yeah, down and, and hamnick got called for the hook when honestly sanderson probably could yep. have been called for the trip and the, that's exactly I, what i was gonna say i thought that it would have been sanderson there, I think, eh? yeah yep for sure better better to have uh sanderson out there i think if you Especially, had to choose. yeah on a five on three oh my god mm-hmm, mm-hmm. world of difference but, but yeah that's definitely one where <laughs> i guess you could have called either guy i definitely i didn't even really see the hook from hamannick i just only saw the trip from Sanderson. I thought yeah. he was going to be the one going to the box. Absolutely. And then, then the Shabbat trip. I think that one was a little fluky, but he did take the guy down Yeah, uh, when the, yeah. When, in a battle for the loose puck. So I, I don't have too much of a problem with that call. Yeah, I think if anything, um, Sabres fans could be a bit more a bit angrier about just the 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 Sanderson. Oh, first of all, I think that, that probably should have been a penalty shot. Actually, realistically, Darlene was alone. He was mm-hmm. completely alone. That probably should have been a penalty shot. Um, it's but, it's like a bit of a weird timing thing because if he was one step like further away from the defenseman when he got hauled down, I think for right. sure they would have called it a penalty shot. It's just uh, they're so stingy with giving out penalty shots. I don't think yeah. they do it enough. No, I I absolutely agree, and I remember like how, how like how exciting were penalty shots back, especially before shootouts were a thing. Like mm-hmm. if we're going pre lockout, um, like pre uh, cap era, I guess. Like just as a little kid, if there was a penalty shot, I'm losing my mind. I it's it is so so exciting, and and now I think especially with not that I think, you know. I think there should be fewer shootouts in. Je- I, th- I just think you play. I, I just think they should play three on three until someone wins. But three on three does mm-hmm. definitely does help cut down on the amount of shootouts. And I don't know, like the 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 NHL is probably looking for ways to make the game a little bit more exciting these days. So like, just yeah, why throw, not? Just throw out some penalty shots. I don't know. I I'd say I'd say a single like. I mean, I guess there's the argument that. The penalty happened when Darlene was maybe next to him, and it was his momentum that had him fall after passing mm-hmm. him, I guess. But, like, you know. I think that's their mindset on that call. Yeah. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with it. But, yeah. like I said, I think if there was just a little bit more separation between Darlene and the defenders when he gets uh, interfered with or, yeah. or tripped or whatever, then, then I think they'd be more likely to call it. It's just, yeah. it's a weird, like, timing thing and, like, proximity between the players. It's, it's weird. It's a fine line. I f- it feels wrong to be arguing for a penalty shot for Darlene against the Sens, but I feel, you know, yeah, trying to be as, as unbiased as possible on, on something like that. Also, yeah, speaking he- of Darlene, though, um, I've loved Jake Sanderson all season. The guy's amazing. 
but every single time Darlene was on the ice, I was just reminded, oh yeah, Sanderson's a rookie. Like, it's just, yeah. oh my god, Darlene is something else. He is an absolute beast. He he really reminds me of a young Carlson, to be honest. Like, the amount that he jumps up into the play. Yeah. Just, just bulldozing everyone. Like, nobody could contain him on the mm-hmm. Sens, at the Sens blue line. Like, just, just like, just, it's, I mean, they have a few guys like that on the Sabres. Just, just guys who are like, uh, I'm just going to carry the puck in past all of you. Yeah, Tage Thompson will do that too. Tage Thompson. Alex Tuck had some great looks as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Also a bigger dude than I remember. I just, I, I, I saw him skating down the ice and I went, oh my God, Alex Tuck is kind of huge. He's 6'4", I think, and about 220. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. They got some big guys. Even Dalene, like I just compared him to Carlson, but he's like five inches taller or something. So he has that size element to his game too. Hard to knock off the puck. Yeah, just <sighs> Sens can't catch a break in this friggin' division. <laughs> like it just, it's just <laughs> terrible. Is, is it weird that I'm kind of starting to like the Sabers just because the players they have? Like I feel like I shouldn't be liking any of the teams in our division, but I. I feel I'm sure it will go away as soon as they get into like a playoff matchup or something. That all just oh yeah, all of them at that point. But like they have so many uh, talented young players that they're they're pretty exciting to watch. Yeah, I think I think in the last decade of of pure mediocrity or just even just being worse has just kind of made. I think any fan of of a team in this division just kind of look at the Sabers like, oh, it'd be <laughs> nice if you did well, right? Um, so. I'm yeah, like you said, as soon as they're good and making the playoffs, it's gonna be full on like mid to late two thousands all over again, where they're the team that like maybe I don't hate the most, but I'm probably like the most uh, scared of maybe or because that's mm-hmm. how they that's how it's looking with Darlene and if Owen Power pans out and Tate Shaw, Alex Tuck is outscoring like I've granted Eichel's missed time, but on a purely points per game basis, he's outscoring Eichel right now. Mm-hmm. I think he might have outscored him last year too after the trade, or at least close. I think the Sabers like, are back. I mean, like people have said it several times over the last ten years, but I think the Sabers are back. Mm-hmm. Next year they're going to be a real problem. I think. Yep, I- I'm sure I'll be hating on them uh, in soon enough time. It kind of reminds me of uh, now. This isn't necessarily because the team became good, but it reminds me of Montreal, like. 10 years ago before we played them in the playoffs because I did not care about Montreal at all. And to be honest, like if the Sens weren't involved at all, I kind of like seeing them win just because I was like, oh, Canadian team and it's not the Leafs. But then as soon as we had one playoff series against the Habs, it's like, nope, that's it. Yeah, that was that was a fun like three years where the biggest rival was the Habs. Mm-hmm. That was a fun. That was a fun few years there. With, yeah, two two playoff series in, in the span of three seasons. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. God, I miss the playoffs. I miss the playoffs. <laughs> That's so much fun. Uh, well, after this game, do you have? Are you getting your hopes up again in terms of a, a run at maybe getting a wild card spot or not really? No, I think I'm firmly in the like. Please give us exciting games in March, but I think that's about yeah. as as much as I can hope for. I think so too. Yeah, it'd be it'd be so much fun. I mean, I saw I saw here in the. Uh, let me see here. Let me scroll up in the chat here. I saw, yeah, from uh, from Hamza, Sens are seven points back of the second wildcard spot. So, like, it's in reach, kind of, but it's you know just what this division. Made me, uh, what would have made me 
mildly excited is if we did beat Detroit. Like I was looking at the standings. Right. And we won't we won't we won't bring up the, much about the Detroit game okay. because we don't want to speak of it. But if we did beat them, we would have been in tenth. Still a gap behind like ninth and eighth. But we would have right. been in tenth, and then it lo- it looks like you're close, even though you're still like six points back or whatever it is, or five points back. Yeah, it would have looked nice to be able to see that in the standings, but uh, maybe eventually we'll get there. Maybe yeah, eventually I'm, we will get close. I'm very much a person who will like. I mean, the points are definitely part of it, but there, there's there's something to be said. But regardless of how many points back you are, it's how many spots back you are it makes you feel so much better. Like. It sounds stupid. I'd rather be three spots back and nine points back than five spots back and seven points back because that's how my brain works because I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's just, yeah, there's there's something to be said about about just how many teams are between the Sens and where you want them to be. Yep. Now, we, we mentioned those uh, Montreal playoff series. Uh, mm-hmm. Gabby in the chat mentions Peugeot's early whistle goal. Do you remember that in the, in game six of that second second series when we got eliminated i'm i'm blanking so, on it i'm blanking on uh, it cuz as as soon as i saw that comment uh it gave me some ptsd because i was at that game and i was sitting in like that end of the ice so right. it, it was like a sh- it was a shot that let me let me think i can't remember if the game was one nothing habs at that point or if it was 0-0 i think it was one nothing and i think this would have tied the game like late second or early third period right and it was a shot that squeaked through the goalie and then sitting right behind him with like completely visible, nothing obstructing it at all, except that the ref was just at some shitty angle where he couldn't see it. So he blows the whistle right as Peugeot is tapping it in yeah, behind. I, I and don't, then we lose, we lose that game one nothing. I don't remember that goal specifically. I just remember Price getting the benefit of the doubt on yep. so many whistles. All the time. Inst- like all instant time. whistles. Yeah. Yep. Like a slap shot from the point hits him, whistle blows. Oh, here comes the rebound! Like mm-hmm. just a whole bunch of that. Oh, yeah. I I just I had to mention that because that was probably one of the angriest days I've had as a fan. It's just like <laughs> it's it should have been tied, and that would have if we won that game, that would have been coming back from three 0 down in the series to force game seven. Right. But uh, the refs uh, did not want it to happen. I guess. No, we'll just have to. We'll just have to hold on to uh, twenty thirteen, and. Yeah. Just use that. Oh. Huh. Well, any uh, anything you want to throw out there to wrap up the show there, Mod? Any any final thoughts on the game? Mm. Any words of wisdom that you want to throw completely unrelated to hockey? Who knows? We can turn this into a completely different type of show in the last few minutes here. Mm, I'm, pro- I'm probably good on that. But uh, I, I just have to say... I'll be really annoyed if we don't uh, win the next game against Columbus because <laughs> holy crap, Columbus is bad this year. I can't believe and, like, it. Their whole team is injured. It's Gaudreau and a bunch of AHL players. Like It's really bad because uh, I, I do follow them as my second team, but I've barely watched any games this year, mostly because I've had to play, pay closer attention to the Sens. Instead of having both games on, it's like, I got to just watch the Sens, you know? Right, right. Uh, to to provide the coverage here. But the few times I've tuned into Columbus, it's just god-awful. Like, absolutely terrible. Yeah. They're, like, they're just getting they're getting smoked every night. So, it, and I'll be... Played oh, man. Like Not very 10? many because he's chilling in my IR spot on Fantasy again because he got COVID this week. Oh, that's so right. So he hasn't... He hasn't even played all week. Maybe he'll probably be back for the game against the Sens, I would assume. 
He's played 20 games, so he's missed almost half of them. Almost half games. of the games at this oh, point. My gosh. Yeah, so so we really need a big win from the Sens. We need them to show up for sure in that game because that would just be very sad if we lose that. If I have to, I know I said I wasn't going to bring it up. If 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 I have to talk about that Red Wings game and then a loss to Columbus twice Ooh. in the span of three games, no, I hope not. Oh my god. Oh, so yeah, because I will be at that game. So at least if we lose, I will be uh, suffering in person in the arena. Won't be able to come on here and vent with Charlie. Although if it's really bad, maybe I'll uh, pop in on Zoom or something. Call call it on the drive home. Yeah, <laughs> do a little call-in show. Oh, uh, well, for your sake, going to the game, I hope the Sens win. And for my sake, mm-hmm. talking about it afterwards, I also hope the Sens win. <sighs> I really thought that, like, Goudreau and Line A and literally just insert guy here yeah. would be a just great put anyone. Line. Yeah, just whoever. Exactly. They, <sighs> uh, I, they haven't even played that many games together on the same line like they went with it at the beginning of the season well okay they went with it at the beginning of the season obviously line got injured in the very first game of the season that's right he, he scored a goal and then got injured and he was out for a month so then they just went to other things and they haven't really had much of a chance to try it again since then like they, it's been on and off since line has been back but yeah just just not working out for them so far luckily Goudreau is the type of guy who can produce with anyone so he's he's still putting up points he'll be He'll be dangerous in that game mm-hmm. on Tuesday, but but yeah, rough stuff for the Blue Jackets. So hopefully the Sens can pick up another two points. Absolutely. Just before we go, Forsberg or Talbot for that game? Oh, I'd say Forsberg. I'd yeah. say uh, go agreed. go with the guy who won. Completely agreed. All right, and with that, we will see you all after the next game. Thanks for tuning in to Game Over Ottawa. Uh, like and subscribe enjoy the podcast uh for every other canadian city because we have a whole bunch of great hosts across the board thanks for tuning in everybody we will see you next time bye Game over! powered by sports interaction canada sportsbook